Hi, my name is Jen Lally and welcome to another episode of my podcast, Stress Bucket Solutions. I'm going to talk a little bit today about phobias and fears. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because recently seeing people needing to go for the COVID-19 vaccination, there's a lot of talk about needle phobia. So I just thought today I'd cover the general topic of phobias and how we eliminate phobias in solution-focused work and where it comes from in the brain, most importantly. Now, phobias are irrational fears, and I've heard them all. You probably know the standard ones, aren't there? Heights, spiders, flapping birds, that kind of thing. But I've heard all the strange ones as well. Nothing surprises me. So there's things like buttons, clowns, uh, and even bananas. It's called bananaphobia. It's actually got a name. So all these fears and phobias are exactly that. They're irrational fears. Now, you could say that there is some sort of rationality, isn't there, in, in being scared of heights. You know, if you fell from a height, it's very dangerous. Um, there's, you could argue that it's a rational fear of flying because of, you know, flying accidents and things. You know, people are scared of it. However, we live in a fairly safe society now. Um, statistically, flying has got is one of the safest forms of transport. In fact. Um, heights, uh, unless you are teetering over the edge of a building, um, being high up in a office block or, or, or flats, you are safe. But people can sometimes be very scared to look out of the window if they are high up in a building. We are only born with two fears, and that those two fears are falling and noise. Now, if you think about it, these are quite rational, aren't they? Because they are dangers that we have to survive from. However, we can overcome these fears very early on. For example, when you learned to walk, you were scared of falling the first few times, but then you realized, oh, hang on a minute, if I keep my balance, I'm fine. And that's how you learn to walk. Noise as well, you know, we can jump with, with noises, but we know noises like the vacuum cleaner and um, other noises, cars going by, they don't make us jump anymore because we have now programmed ourselves not to be scared of those. So fear is a good thing. It keeps us on alert for dangers. For example, at night, if you heard a noise, you would want to know what that is. But when our fear consumes us so much and it becomes so excessive and irrational that we begin to avoid normal everyday situations, it really does affect your life. That's a phobia. And what's happening there is your imagination has completely taken you over very quickly and it has gone into fight or flight mode. And that's just to keep you safe. But there are some times, I'm sure, in your life where you feel that once you're away from that particular situation, where wherever your phobia lies, that you think, oh, I, I really want to overcome this. This is taking over my life. Now, when you're thinking like that, you're feeling very rational. You're feeling very objective. You're coming from your intelligent brain. At the time of the phobia, you are consumed by your primitive brain and it has taken you over. 
So at that time, it feels perfectly normal to avoid that situation or to have a panic attack. But there's a part of you that when you are calm and relaxed, you think, oh, actually, I want to avoid that. Now, the clue is there is what I've said, that it comes from the primitive brain. And your primitive brain can be fueled by a full stress bucket, lots of underlying anxieties. Now, many of our phobias are often learned uh, and they're learned in those very formative years when you were a baby, even a toddler. And you were watching the people around you and and quite often it would have been your mum or whoever was your primary caregiver. That sounds a little bit fancy, doesn't it? Um, What I mean by that is the person that looked after you the most, that's probably where you learned some behaviours from. And in those very formative years, what you were doing is you were creating a filing cabinet in your brain of files that you could refer to to store your behaviour patterns. So what that means is that, you know, you notice the good things. So you noticed um, your primary caregiver or your your parent or your guardian. When they crossed the road, they looked both ways. And that's a really useful tool to learn, isn't it? You look, like, oh, someone's looking both ways. They're very careful when they come to the edge of this curb. And so you learn that as a really good survival mechanism, that this is what I need to do every time I cross the road. Brilliant. However, you would have also learned, possibly, that every time mum sees a spider, she jumps and screams. And what that's, that's teaching you as a little toddler is, oh, spiders are dangerous. So every time I see a spider, I'm going to jump and scream. There must be something scary about spiders. So learning a phobia in that way is, is really, really common. But you get to an age where you start thinking, oh, I'm jumping everything now. Uh, Those phobias can start to spread. Those fears can spread into other areas of your life. But sometimes there can be no cause at all. You don't know what the cause is of your phobia. And often what that is, is there's other associations. So it spreads out into other areas of your life. And this is because your stress bucket is full to overflowing. So lots of underlying anxiety can make your phobia spread. So what started off as something quite small can spread into other areas of your life. Now, I see a lot of people with phobias and fears. And what they'll often say is they don't know where this phobia started. And luckily, in solution-focused work, we don't need to be concerned about that. You might be surprised to hear that, but you don't need to be concerned about where your phobia started. I don't need to know where it started from. And I've got a few examples. So I, I see a lot of clients. One client, very memorable memorable client I saw um, was a lady who had a flying phobia. Very common, isn't it, to be a fear of flying. But she so wanted to fly, so wanted to travel. Uh, and just get on planes and see the world. And this was now affecting her life. But around that, what she felt was associated was she was also scared of crowds. You know, huge crowds in Edinburgh. We have the Edinburgh Festival every year, or we used to. Um, And she was so scared of that because there were so many people. This was now spreading into getting onto trains and public transport where there were lots of crowds. So it was something to do with this claustrophobic feeling. And she just didn't know where this arose from because she'd never been on a flight that had been bad. She'd never been in a panic, in a crowd at all. 
But what I understood it was, it was a generalized anxiety that was now grabbing onto other fears. The imagination is so powerful. This lovely lady was so stressed in her life that now she was hooking on to other fears and phobias. Well, what could go wrong on a flight? Oh, let my imagination run wild and think of everything that can go wrong. What could go wrong on this crowded train? Oh, my imagination's going to run away with me here. And what's going to go wrong with this crowd that I'm in? In a perfectly safe place out and about in, in Edinburgh, what's going to go wrong here? And what we found slowly and gradually as we start to empty that bucket, she started to have more intelligent brain control and started to have more control over her thoughts and feelings. And those fears started to just ebb away. She was now getting on trains perfectly relaxed, saying, well, I'm being so silly here about this. Just taking control from the intelligent brain. Now, I'm going to go into that a little bit more in depth next week. What's going on with the intelligent and primitive brain and how you can take control. The purpose of today's episode was just to continue talking about phobia. So for me to go off on a tangent now, as you know, I always do. I'm going to wait and try and hold on till next week to go off on this tangent. But staying with our phobias, can you see how that irrational brain, the irrational part of the brain fueled by a full stress bucket, was leading to irrational thoughts around many different situations. And once we stop fueling the primitive, bra- the primitive brain and all the responses that come from there, you can get more intelligent brain control while you feel objective and rational. And to conclude with the story of the lovely lady I saw, now traveling all over the world, not right now, but just before the pandemic, traveling everywhere. I was getting postcards from all around the world. And it just opened up so much freedom for this lady. This is what she wanted to do. So somewhere deep down, she wanted to do this. She wanted to overcome this phobia. Now, the good thing in solution-focused work, it really doesn't matter where the phobia comes from. We're not going to examine that. But sometimes if we do know that phobia has come from there, we can treat it. Uh, And I'll go through that next. So one way that we can treat it is just by emptying the stress bucket, going through what I call bucket emptying sessions, just reducing generalized anxiety. uh, And often my clients regain control again over their thoughts and feelings. But another way that we can do this is by using more specific techniques. Now, remember I said in the filing cabinet of the brain, if you've created files there that are not useful to you, we can undo those files in a way. We use specific techniques. One is called a rewind, where we ask clients to undo the emotionality from the specific incident if they feel that they have a connection to a specific incident that happened where this phobia began. And sometimes that specific incident isn't related to the current phobia. So, for example, I've seen a lot of clients, and this is extremely common, where they have a phobia of driving. But what they feel is that it's associated with some sort of thing, event that happened in their childhood, something that gave them a claustrophobic feeling. So a claustrophobic feeling or a traumatic thing, because they get that same feeling when they drive. So they feel somewhere in their brain there's an association that they feel claustrophobic in the car, driving on motorways where there's a lot of traffic. And they remember this feeling of being in some sort of claustrophobic situation as a child. 
And so what we will do is we will rewind. We will undo that event from childhood. And that can sometimes undo the claustrophobic feeling. We take the emotionality away from it. The follow-up session to that is called a reframe. And I often do reframe sessions without doing a rewind. What reframe means is exactly that. We're going to reframe that incident. So now we're going to reframe driving on motorways in a very positive way. What we're doing there is, after undoing that file in the filing cabinet of the brain, we're going to create a new file. You know your imagination is powerful. So if we can use your imagination to create a new file that you can refer to, that is now the file. Every time you're in that situation, your brain is going to refer to you. It's extremely powerful. There's another technique we can use called anchoring, where I get people when they're absolutely relaxed after quite a few bucket emptying sessions is to hold on to that feeling. Maybe knowing that there is a point that you can grab that feeling at any point in time so that if you are faced with that situation again, you just immediately come back to that feeling of feeling calm and in control. So there's lots of techniques we use in solution focus work. But the two main points I think I want to make here is that, first of all, it doesn't matter where your phobia has come from, as long as you understand it's irrational and you want to overcome it. And the other thing is, it's not about being exposed to that phobia. So if you had a spider phobia, I'm not going to then bring a spider to you and ask you to hold it. It just doesn't work that way. So there's nothing to be frightened of. There's no way that I would ask you then to face that phobia immediately with me. We, what we do in solution focus work is I ask you to understand how the brain works and where this phobia comes from. And if you really do want to overcome that phobia, once you understand in the mind where it comes from, it's super easy. It's so easy. And I've had lots of people say, in fact, it's been enjoyable. And they wonder why they didn't do it sooner. So like I said, the reason I really wanted to do this episode today on fears and phobias is because there's, I know there's a few people who are avoiding getting the vaccine because of needle phobia. And it really is just something in your mind. You know, a lot of people have needles, have injections. Objectively, you know, nothing can go wrong. But on the other hand, it's quite a rational fear. You don't want your skin pierced with a needle. It just doesn't feel right. But gaining objective, rational control over this can be so powerful. And it really does create a sense of freedom if you can do that. I'm going to go into this more in depth a little bit next week. So I'm going to stop here. This is probably one of my longest podcasts. I think I've gone up to 15 minutes. Uh, I do try to keep them short and snappy. But I hope that helps you understand where fears and phobias come from. If you have any questions, just drop me a message. But I look forward to speaking to you next week a little bit more in depth about what's going on in the brain and how you can take control. So until next time, I look forward to you chatting you a bit more with some more stress bucket solutions. Take care.